this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Manichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. Jay, speaking of that union, just so happens we have a union member with us on this episode. Who we got? Who we got? Picking an album that I believe was in a poll and people were disappointed. Oh, I can't believe it didn't make the didn't win the poll. So what they do or what did he do? He said <laughs> he said, I'm going to um, I'm going to rescue it and, and we're going to put it back into contention for a review. And, and that's what he did. So welcome, uh, Mr. Lehman. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. Coming to you live from Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Home of the tragic we have. Well, I want to throw that in there. So. Of course. Oh, uh, Hi. <laughs> so this is your first one. It is, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Very happy to be here. Okay. So tell everyone the special album that you rescued from a poll that it should have won. It didn't. So I got beat by something that was totally undeserving <laughs> by people who don't know what they're doing when they <laughs> voted for it. And this is the one that should have won. What is it? Um, this is, uh, make a pass to pet, uh, by the age of electric, um, universal Canada, 1996. It's one of my favorite albums. Love it. Produced by Mr. Gil Norton, yeah. uh, as well as the band yeah. Gil Norton. People will know from producing albums by the Pixies. Uh, so how'd you discover this band? Um, well, I want to say I was 16 when the album came out and, uh, I didn't have cable or satellite, so I didn't have much music, uh, which is Canadian MTV. Um, pretty sure I, friends had the CD and I actually got to see them live open up for Our Lady Peace, January 13th, 1998. They broke up the very next night, January 14th, 1998, <laughs> in Hamilton after a gig. That's a true oh, wow. story. I did my research for this. Wow. <laughs> so, and um, they were incredible. Um, I'm an Our Lady Peace fan, but that night, I'm telling you, the Age of Electric blew them off the stage. Um, they were just, they, they had a presence. Uh, Todd Kearns, the lead singer, came out, very tall man, black leather, painted nails, eye makeup, wearing a fur cape. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. And, uh, it was, yeah, it was just, it was a, it was a hell of a show. And I think I rushed out and bought the CD like right after that. So yeah, that was kind of like my exposure to them. Now the band, it looks like they have been active in the last few years. They were, they put yes. out an EP back in 27 yeah. after nothing, after 97, they put out an EP in 2017. Have you listed that? Uh, yeah, just a couple of cursory lessons. Um, they did uh, re-release uh, Make a Pest a Pet on vinyl in 2017. And it also included the four songs that were on the EP that they did as well. Gotcha. And they did a tour, a reunion tour around that. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see them. There wasn't too many stops, but uh, I would have loved to see them play again. Jay, besides the poll that they lost earlier, have you heard of The Age of Electric? 
No, that, and I didn't. It's one of those band names and even album covers where it gives you no clues. <laughs> like, like, could be industrial. It could be like art rock. I, it could be hard rock. I have no idea what I'm getting into. Um, I do know Todd Kearns, which as I was reviewing the record and then the name popped up as one of the songwriters as the bass player in Slash's band, which right. is interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, conspirators. Yep. Okay. Which I don't think he plays bass in this band, right? Yeah. Sings and no, maybe plays yeah. guitar. Rhythm guitar and sing. He's lead singer. His nickname is Todd Dammit Kearns. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is, is that could because one of the other band members is like, damn it, you messed up the note again? Or uh, <laughs> I don't know. So this album was released on Universal. They had two albums before this. Or, or is it two or three? Because um, I know they put out a cassette. What was it? The Latest Plague in 91? Yeah, that never got us. I don't think that got a CD release, though. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, so really, from what I know, the two official releases are self-titled from 95 and Make a Pest a Pet. So. Gotcha. And this did chart. Uh, a couple of singles mm-hmm. in Canada, Un- Untitled. Uh, that was or, off the first. Well, off the first one, yeah, that's right. That that made it to number twenty-four on the Canadian Alt Rock, and then uh, uh, charts, and then fifty on the, I guess the overall, and then uh, from this album, Remote Control made it to number ten, and um, on the Canadian Alt Rock charts, and the singles chart uh, also. I don't mind and don't wreck it also charted from this album. Yeah. And they made and like, videos for all three as well. And like UJ, I had not, um, I had no familiarity with the band. Um, just a little bit of history. They, uh, the members were, as you mentioned, Todd Kearns on vocal and guitar, Ryan Dahl yeah. on guitar and backing vocals, John Kearns, perhaps Todd's brother. Yes on bass and Kurt Dahl on drums and backing vocals. So do you have two brothers in this pairs of brothers? That's the brothers in this band. Yep. Oh, it's like Oasis and the black crows unite <laughs> into one. <laughs> um, so as mentioned, they were from uh, Saskatchewan yep. in, uh, in, in Canada. Uh, they formed in actually the mid to late eighties. Um, and the breakthrough was the ugly EP in 1993. And then, um, they also had a project called limb lifter as a side was a side project, which I actually know the name of that band. Yes, Like I'm pretty sure that that got played at WFAL our our college radio station. Yeah. That was Ryan and Kurt Dahl that did that. The two, the one set of brothers did that band. They also, um, the Kearns brothers went on to form a band called Static and Stereo. And one of, along with brother Ryan, and then the other brother, was it Kurt that went on to play with the new pornographers? Yes, the drummer, Kurt. Okay. Yep. Yep. I think most Canadians have played in the new pornographers or broken social scene at some (laughs) point. Exactly, yeah. I mean, those two bands, all the Canadians have been in those bands. Pretty much. <laughs> um, 
And Todd Kearns, as we mentioned, played in The Conspirators, which is Slash's band, and he's been in inducted into the British Columbia Hall of Fame. Hmm. Quite, a, quite a that's that's pretty cool. Um, they did reunite after you mentioned they broke up in the '90s. Um, they did reunite for some shows in 2015, and then there was the Make a Pest a Pet reissue that came out with the pretty EP and. Um, any news since then? Like, is their Facebook page active or anything um, like that? No, I've done some digging. I guess from what I've sort of read or tried to read between the lines is that I think they're open to doing another reunion tour. I don't, I don't, I can't see them putting out new music, but you never know. Um, but I guess, yeah, the last tour went really well. Uh, there's a great interview with uh, Todd Kearns on the Raven Drool podcast. Um, it's a big Canadian uh, alt rock. Yeah, uh, and he's he's excellent in that. Uh, he goes kind of into depth as to why they broke up. He doesn't know the reason actually. <laughs> he said it was a silly fight. Um, but yeah, he's pretty busy with with Slash, and he does uh, another band called Tuke in uh, Las Vegas with some uh, Canadians there, and they do covers of Canadian bands mostly from the eighties. And uh, he does a lot of projects, so um, he's on the go. And Ryan Dahl. Uh, is also part of a collective called the Mounties, and that's got Steve Bay from Hot Hot Heat in it, and a singer Canadian uh, songwriter named Hoxley Worksman. So he does that. He also has Limb Lifter still going, and I believe he produces uh, also on the side. So it's a pretty busy guy. Let's rewind a minute. What '80s Canadian songs are they covering in Las Vegas? Oh, I mean, goodness gracious, you're getting into um, like Rush, uh, um, you know, Loverboy. Maybe. Oh, some lover boy. Black, okay. I'm blonde. Were they Canadian? I, I don't know. I'm not very well versed in that, to be honest. Some Neil Young 80s, like uh, like trans era, like that. Uh, getting into Saga, the... Toronto. Ooh, some Sheriff? I, I, I don't know. There's a couple of albums out, actually. <laughs> Giant, maybe? Streaming, so <laughs> take a look, maybe, if you're interested. But I want to know. I want to I want to know what that set list looks like. So the drummer like, from Slash is in that group as well. Slash is That's such an there's such a specific vegas show like hey if you're from canada go to this show you'll love their 80s set yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that's interesting all right well hey we got a poll up for this record we'll talk about it but we also got some comments on this uh mostly people saying thanks you know for finally getting to it uh ian mciver said this takes me back to the first Year University, nothing like a bit of nostalgia and rose-tinted glasses for review. After listening to it again and for the first time since 97, I still enjoyed it. It's a shame the band broke up after this, as the album shows promise of greatness to come from the band. My only issue is that you can tell extra time and polish was applied to the lead track, the lead single, Remote Control. Because of this, the album suffers. That the rest of the album doesn't appear to have songs that will demand repeat listens of the album from the listener compared to other can rock bands of the time to get to get them to the next level most likely a symptom of getting signed to a major common of a lot of late 90s albums however it gets past one if one gets past the lead track there are some real gems on the album a recommended listen along with their self-titled released a couple years before this Kyle Bittner said I'm glad to see this being reviewed after losing a poll a while back this is such a solid album from top to bottom and showcases the extensive talents of each of the players. The power pop rock is a great departure from their early hard rock sound and it suits them perfectly. The album is masterfully produced 
with each member getting a moment to shine. Todd Kearns' vocals soar, his brother's bass is clear and crisp, and adds a large amount of depth to the album. Kurt's drumming is as good as ever, and Ryan's guitar work can compete with the best guitarists of the decade. It's unfortunate that this would be their last album, but from the ashes came some amazing material with further albums from Limb Lifter and a solid one a solid one album turned from static and stereo. This is a standout Canadian release from the nineties and deserves worthy album status. Jeff Gentis. There's a lot here to like, but it's another example of too many tracks did not have enough time to figure out if there were a worthy album number of tracks or merely an EP. I don't know. There's enough emotion plus talent for this band to have been a minor hit more than some of the lit fastball types. Oh, well, I don't think that's, I don't, don't compare them to lit. Yeah, How dare th- you? Come on, Jeff. Those two bands go together. Lit fastball. Come on. Gonna, Marissa's <laughs> going to blow her gasket comparing <laughs> fastball to lit. Uh, Willie Dixon, Willie Dixon, Will, <laughs> the blues player from the 1930s. No, uh, Willie Dillon. This is a classic representation of Canadian rock in the 90s. Remote Control and I Don't Mind are simply quintessential examples of the quality of music that was coming out of Canada at the time. There's really no filler here, though I might say that Cranky is a bit of a low point, but even it makes the line beaten by a baseball bat sound nice. The length of the album is fine with me, but then again, I like longer albums. The remastered version, worse dynamic range, of course, has four extra tracks, which are pretty good as well always with the dynamic range <laughs> assessments, a, a very important aspect of our discord community. We yeah. should just have a dynamic rage section. If you're passionate about uh, music being over compressed, we're your people come, come join us. Exactly. We will listen to your complaints. Yeah. We spend hours on death magnetic. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Richard Waterman said, let me by, let me start by saying that I prefer the self-titled album. Motor is by far the best thing they've ever done. I said to the Canucks on Discord, is Canucks a slur? No. Okay. No. I know they named a hockey team we after. have a hockey team, man. Americans have named some sports teams after slurs. And, I, you know, it's not no. like <laughs> we're not right. aware of it. We just don't, we just didn't care for a long time. I'm not think. referencing anybody's skin tone or anything. No, and I right. don't take offense to much. So okay. it's definitely not a slur in my mind, but. Right. There's no, uh, you know, <laughs> I was going to try to throw a Pavel Bure reference in, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll skip <laughs> nice. that for now. Um, <laughs> uh, and, I said to the Canucks on Discord that there were two to four good songs. Well, I went away and had another couple of listens, and I was slightly harsh. I think there are six good to really good songs, and the rest are okay. The disparity between the good songs and filler is disparate. I think this would be an excellent 10-track rock album. I would cut Unity or Grenadine, Blow Up, and Cranky. Remote Control sounds so much like Human Cannonball-era School of Fish. Some nice use of organ synths keyboards throughout the album. Creatively speaking, there's just enough happening to set it apart from the debut worthy album. All right. That's what Richard has to say. What do we have to say? All important, Jay, what do you have to say? Tell me one thing you liked about Make a Pest a Pet by the Age of Electric. Uh, I, I really I pull, got pulled in by the hooks early on. I think it starts off very strong. And um, the first two tracks... I uh, was pretty sure I was headed towards, you know, a power pop record. Um, as the record opens up, though, it starts to 
I start to reveal like this, the uniqueness about how they play. Um, there's something about how the guitars are arranged um, and even the sounds that they use. You really can hear it on like, um, let's see, I think it's Cranky and Real Stumper where they're using these like at times very like small guitar sounds and playing these really unusual parts um, that, you know, at first you don't quite pick up on, but you listen to it. Um, they're just really odd. And, and, and somehow they're able to like play with these small sounds, but then sound big. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, they understand on this record, like how to address the entire like frequency range. So you've got like a singer that's pretty high, you know, I mean, he can really get up into some like sunny day real estate area, like high notes um, or Getty Lee almost high notes. Um, so his register's kind of up there and then they keep the bass tone is killer. Like it's a super deep, loud, you know, upfront bass tone. And then they, they know how to put these guitar guitars in there where they kind of can play off of each other. They can bounce, even if they're driving, even they're kind of doing like a driving rhythm. Like there's something about the way that they accent each other um, works really well. Uh, there are some leads here and there that are kind of interesting, but it's more like picked parts or like intricate little, like weird bends and things. Um, so it really just made for sonically, I think something that sounds familiar, but, I'll, but when you dig into it is, it's pretty original, you know, for power pop rock. Um, I think the songwriting uh, can be spectacular. I think there's some great hooks. I think there's some uh, really strong melodies that are that are also unique. Just melodically, it's it's sometimes in a space almost like placebo, like the way he phrases things and the melodies that he uses, and even his vocal tone. Um, but then they, you know, can do things dynamically that are a little like the Pixies. You know, so you're you're hitting like all of these like cool bands that, you know, do unique things with the guitar rock, you know, nineties guitar rock sound. And they kind of bring it all together, I think in a way that's, um, you know, really unique. And at the end of the day, you know, pretty melodic. And, and I think there's some standout tracks like mad at the world is I think a great song. Um, great. Could it, you know, you know, it sounds like a, a hit course to me. I mean, it sounds like a Sloan, Sloan course. control i don't mind i think those three songs are um really strong melodic you know radio friendly singles but then it has this depth that 
almost experimental side to it as well, which is uh, kind of fun. Listen, you, you get a little bit of everything. Um, so you, it's kind of like you're sampling all of this cool stuff going on in the nineties without it sounding in the end, like the nineties, if that makes any sense. Like I hear the references here and there, or maybe just like familiar things, but at the end of it, I can't say that this necessarily sounds like a nineties record. You know, it just kind of sounds like them, which is also kind of interesting because <laughs> yeah. I'm calling out like a lot of nineties bands without it really sounding like, I guess, none of the stereotypical 90s stuff, uh, which I, which I really enjoyed. So yeah. Um, cool record. What, what, uh, what are you thinking, Tim? Well, I completely agree with you about the, the guitar playing and, and all the instruments, you know, really like getting their moment to shine. But you mentioned it about not really sounding like nineties ish. I completely agree. Cause if you take a song, like nothing happens, that guitar lead sounds like, it sounds like early two thousands, like block party or something, or, you know what I mean? It has like this, mm, yep. this, um, post 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 punk sound that was happening with um with bands in the early 2000s that it there's nothing really that stamps this as being a, a 90s record which is good because it doesn't sound dated in any way gotta say i love their conciseness because for the most part like it's the songs like 339 323 332 330 325 317 323 yes give me three and a half minutes play the verse chorus verse go to a bridge whatever go back to the verse do it over and over again i don't care like because they are able to come up with really interesting guitar licks they don't have to be super complex but like what you said with that small guitar sound that he uses, um, they cut through yeah. and that's what, you know, when you have that big rumbly bass and then that, that sort of mid rangey sounds like a fender or something, mm -hmm. um, guitar tone, you can totally hear everything that's going on. Um, you can hear the I strings like too. Like, yeah, a lot of times with electrics, all you hear are the amps. But I think on a lot of this record, you're actually hearing the guitar, the strings of the guitar, which is really different. And I really liked. There was a good amount of diversity on the record. You know, you have this like a song like "Remote Control," which is a very blatant um, pop power pop ish 
uh, you know, single. But then you have stuff like um, Pass It On, which is a very sort of like punkish kind of sound. And um, they're not afraid to like take their sound and do little twists on it. And I, I like that, you know, they could have made a whole album of remote control and done these sort of mid tempo y harmonized songs, but they let it go in different directions and they kick up the energy like on nothing happens in ways that I think really make it a worthwhile re-listen. And I agree with you. You look at that album cover, you're like, is this skinny puppy? Like, what is that bug on the album? And I, I don't know what this is going to be. Honestly, it probably didn't do him any favors because that album cover is bizarre looking. Um, I might've suggested a different piece of artwork for the cover. Yeah, I asked uh, Zora, my daughter, what she thought this was going to sound like based on the album. She said, it's going to be scary. It's dark. Yeah. And it came out, she's like, this isn't what I expected. It's like, mm, yep. No, I mean, there's elements of like, I, I, you know, make this comparison because they're Canadian, but there's like Sloan elements to some of this. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like the cover of like Navy Blues or something like that. Like that to me, like is the is the look of this album, not this arachnid or whatever that is on the cover um and, and we I'll should clarify oh go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say we should clarify that the the version i reviewed has 17 songs but that's not the original release no oh it's not no it's the yeah so i don't know where the four additional songs came from but it should end at exist to resist oh okay so pass it on isn't on that because i just went to spotify i'm listening to it on spotify that makes a big difference because Mm -hmm. as it's 17 songs it's 65 minutes long which is way too long uh i would have said trim five songs and turns out they did trim five songs yeah the original was 51 minutes okay that makes much more sense um and that's a much more had slightly running oh, time for this band. Had a slightly different cover too. Oh, um, it did? Yeah, it's not. It still has the bug on it, but it has some extra photos around the sides that make it look a little less scary. But it's still not great. Oh, I see it. No, still scary. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, because now it's like, what is this? Is this some sort of weird? scientific experiment going on here is this pearl jams no code what's it what is this so is this prodigy so darren what works best for you on this album oh boy where do you want to start um i'm a drummer i love the drums i love the rhythm section on it i love kurt doll's playing it's so concise um he plays what's required for the song but yet he's creative with subtler smaller fills that i borrowed a lot of um (laughs) i also like the push and pull between the doll brothers and the kearns brothers i mean the doll brothers went on to to create limb lifter and i think they are very different bands um so i feel like you feel that in this album i think that's why there's so much variety in sound because you have the influence of um ryan and todd um having different perspectives and when i hear this album i hear the, the cure especially wish that album mm. 
Um, uh, Todd's actually said in interviews that I dug into, he's a big, uh, very influenced by the Cure um, T-Rex, Mark Bolin. He actually name checks Mark Bolin in um, the song, I Don't Mind. He says, yeah. Bolin is smiling down on me. And yep. uh, I dug into that. And sure enough, he's a big T-Rex guy. Uh, he also is really into New York Dolls, Iggy Pop, uh, Kiss, Jay, you'll like that. Oh, yeah. Kiss fan. So, like, I, I just, I feel like it just offers a lot. I love the vocals. I love the bass in Unity or Grenadine. I love the bass in My Mistake. It kind of plays like a rhythm guitar. Um, I don't know. I love the tones. They use different kinds of distortions. It still feels fresh. This is, you know, 1996, and it still feels pretty darn fresh to me. So, in terms of what didn't work, I'm gonna be honest. There's not a whole lot for me. I mean, I have like small complaints here and there. I think, like for example, the last minute of "Don't Wreck It's a little too long. They go to that like halftime thing. Yeah. It, that's it's funny fine. You say that I that's my favorite song on the entire um, uh, album, and I really? like they change it up at the end and the little guitar flourishes and the little drum fills and oh, I, I love it. I love it. I can listen. I to would like it if it was just maybe like four bars or something like that, but to go on for as long as they do, yeah, and drag it on for another like whole minute, like that to me is like, all right, why are we keep why do you keep going over that or like fade it out? Like give me a classic fade out on that. Well, the video and the single was actually about three and a half minutes, roughly, I believe. Gotcha. Other than, I mean, knowing it's actually a 13 song record rather than a 17 song record, like, you know, I'm, I'm the king of this should be shorter, but there aren't a whole lot of songs. I mean, maybe cranky would be the one that I would cut, Mm. but, but it's okay. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't hurt the record. Yeah. I, I like cranky just when it, when they get to that hook it's kind of fun. It's it's like, I'm singing beaten by a baseball bat. Like, <laughs> right. They're making this work. Um, and I like the, some of the guitar work in that song. The only song that really stood out to me is it's not being great. Is you complain? Yes. Oh, you didn't like that swing no. vibe. No, I was going to talk to you and, and, uh, Darren is a drummer. You can probably have a good answer for this too. That feel that's like a, I don't know. How do you describe that feel? That's my first question. Cause I was struggling my notes to like describe what that sounds like. Um, and the second is one of the reasons I, I don't like that feel that rhythm feel is it seems like when bands do it, like you can't get out of it. 
<laughs> like yeah. you yeah. you can't figure out like where do I go next and yeah. in the case of this song you don't go anywhere you're like stuck in that field for the entire song how would you describe that I don't like it I skipped that track. <laughs> um I can't remember the last time I listened to it all the way through to be honest with you I just I just don't like that song uh, yeah. I never have um yeah it's an odd rhythm for sure is it three four it might be dun 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 one two three one two three yeah it's it's gonna be three four yeah yeah three four six eight are are you get locked in into that swing yeah and it ends up having like this circus feel or something and you're just like okay and it goes on and on and on and on um it just seems like a like it also doesn't fit the sophistication of the rest of the record either. Um, I can, I can understand that. It's not, it's not a deal breaker for me, but yeah. It, that, yeah. It's the only song that I, um, I found myself skipping. I think like unity or grenadine is an example where that's a grower. You know, I think you have to go on the journey of that song and by the end, when he's hitting those high notes, it like becomes something, I think, way more complete. Like he, he takes you somewhere, you know, um, up until that point, it's a little meandering feeling and like he's crooning a little bit and you're not quite sure like what, where the song's going, but if you stick with it, it ends up in a place that's pretty cool. So that's an example of, you know, a track where I think at first I was not loving it, but after repeated listens, I ended up liking it quite a bit so besides uh you complain darren is there uh, any other songs that don't work for you <laughs> i'm so influenced by uh this community now that i feel like you got to cut something um <laughs> you don't have and, to and cut shorter, anything shorter not... is better and shorter is better everybody keeps going on about that um so honestly in that spirit i would cut you complain for sure I would also cut blow up. I'm not crazy about Ryan Dahl's vocals. I like him as a, not, not like a lead vocalist, but a backup vocalist. I think he's better. Um, and I don't like hate that song, but like it, you know, I could trim that fat and the same with cranky and you'd be at around 44 minutes. And I think that, you know, that might actually help the album um, gain some more popularity and maybe even some American traction. Who knows? Hmm. I like blow up. It kind of, I like when it gets a little wilder at the end with the guitar and the vocal and, um, there's a Lou, Lou Barlow vibe to the, uh, yeah. Melody. Yeah. Yeah. It has a Sebado sound or Sebado ish sound. Um, yeah, I guess I like the album better than you, Darren. <laughs> why don't you bring us something you like next time <laughs> no yeah. I, this is hey listen this is definitely worthy album for me um without a doubt and unity or grenadine going back to that one i love the bass and that that carries that song for me yeah um just the tone of it the sound of it it's so interesting and you're right that song grew on me uh you know after repeated lessons for sure but yeah I, that's that's what i love about this album certain things can carry the songs and it's not always the same thing. So I think that's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. It definitely feels like, uh, you know, I've spent some time with it obviously, but it feels like a, uh, there's enough up, up front on the early listens where you're, you know, you'll nod your head and you'll kind of get some hooks, 
And then you'll come back and come back and come back. And I could see over time, like it just taking on a life of its own, you know, with repeated listens. Yeah. And I had a hard time, you know, finding like clear comparisons. Um, There was little bits and pieces that things reminded me of, but there wasn't anything that I was like, oh, this sounds like that. Or this sounds like, like this. Cause there's, it's not a straight up power pop record. There's a element of power pop to maybe like a couple songs, but, it's really just because you get a harmony here and there between them. But when I was looking on um, all music as what they are similar to, like they clearly did not know what was going on with this band. Cause they list <laughs> the new bomb Turks. Uh, okay. No soul coughing. No. no. <laughs> Dink. Oh my God. No. Super drag. Mm, Girls against mm-hmm. boys. Shudder to Think, Everclear, no. Catherine, Space Hog. Oh my like gosh. this is just listing bands from yeah. the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the only band I can think of, Tim, where I was like, like conceptually approach um, so, sound to some degree would be Mink. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, really good musicians, great sense of melody, some harmonies in there, really cool guitar playing, but really they're drawing back on influences and then bringing them to the 90s context to something that's like original. But they were, they got that heavy bass tone with the brighter guitars. And that was just a band that not necessarily like a lot of this material sounded like them, but I just kept thinking of that band as I was listening to this record of being like, okay, this is. I can see those bands playing together at that, at that, you know, that late nineties. Yeah. Um, good luck finding a mink record. <laughs> I do think, I think that's, I think it's, um, uh, uh, screaming now. I don't know. We should find out. Yeah. It's on Spotify now. Oh yeah. Cool. So it, now talk about a short record that's 10 minutes 10 out or 10 songs 28 minutes they know how to get in and get out that's like my that's probably my benchmark for like other than a guided by voices record (laughs) which could probably do 20 songs in 28 minutes uh the mink record is is pretty uh spectacular i mean one of the best songs is a minute 54 you're just not going to beat that and the opener, listen to the quiet. But anyway, that's a really good comparison because uh, I had a hard time just thinking of like, you know, I saw they opened for Our Lady Peace, but like, man, they don't sound like Our Lady Peace at all. No, I mean, they're from the same country. That's about it. That would be like having Limp Biscuit o- open for, you know, Metallica. Like, yes, I guess they're both rock bands in a sense, but they're not really doing the same thing, even though they're playing loud music. And, um, and the just so people know, the mink we're talking about, because their listings are all screwed up. The album came out in 1998. It's called Get In, Get Out. Yes. Because when you search for Mink, you're going to find a bunch of other artists that are not this Mink. <laughs> nope. There are so many Minks. In fact, their bio on uh, Apple Music is a, the wrong band. It says they formed in ni- 2006 in New York City, which is not true. They formed in the 90s in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh well oh well just get it completely wrong yeah at least it's out there 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about overall ratings for this record. Where the album Battery P and Decent Single, then we'll share our poll from Patreon. Jay, where do you land? Where the album? Yeah, pretty pretty clear for me. Uh, mentioned a couple songs that um, don't love, but uh, I think it's a it's an easy listen, um, and I think it'll continue to grow on me. So uh, yeah, and it sounds great. It it really does. Sonic I agree with you. We're the album. I think this is this is going to go down as one of our really cool finds in terms of its age. You know, it does. It doesn't sound aged. Um, it doesn't sound completely indebted to '90s uh, trends. I mean, from the production to the songwriting. I mean, it has a very kind of universal kind of. A, a sound to it so really you could pick this up now and think it's a new record uh it's it's that it, well done so this is definitely a worthy album um darren are you gonna break from the from the two of us <laughs> no way uh, yeah i love it i love this album it's a worthy album um i mean yeah like you said about you know being from the 90s it's definitely not like a grunge album there's there's only one song that has a loud quiet dynamic and that's scare myself and i still love that song but yeah and like you said i feel like you can't really pin this to an era uh that's what i love about it and um this 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 album uh when i was younger people that were in different you know camps of different bands in that era like smashing pumpkins or pearl jam or whatever this was the album that everybody liked you know and they might not have been a pumpkins fan or a Pearl Jam fan or a Nirvana fan, but they liked Age of Electric. And plus we were pretty proud. They were Canadian, right? So we were <laughs> we were uh definitely proud of them for sure. And they were different. They were definitely different. So I like that you brought up the loud quiet thing because I think that's one of the things that works so well is like on a song like Scare Myself, which opens loud and then goes yeah. in the reverse direction. Yeah. There were some dynamic choices there were they're curveballs. They were like Oh, they're going to, no, they didn't go where I thought they were. <laughs> right. Um, which is, which is fun. So on Patreon, where the album won 67% to better EP at 33%. That was, uh, excuse me. That was, uh, who voted for an EP? I don't know. Nobody said it out on the, in the comments. So it must've been someone too afraid to drop their EP uh, comments in there, but it was a, it was a, that's a, that's a very solid victory for worthy album uh, for the age of electrics. Make a pest, a pet. I originally wrote it as make a pest, a pest because, because I can't spell. <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not careful. I don't, right. I don't good, good job with copy editing when we write stuff. I always publish things and go, oh, nope, that's not right. Uh, but Darren, thank you for bringing the, this to us. And uh, we look forward to um, everybody's feedback on this episode um, over at uh, the Discord, which hopefully you will you will hop on there and claim victorious for, uh, for picking this record. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. It's been a blast. Um, Want to remind folks they can go to... 
uh, digmeoutpodcast.com to suggest a record. It may not win a poll, but it might get picked by someone later on. You just uh, put your selection in the um, suggested album uh, at the page, and then uh, it goes into a poll, and, and we'll vote. It might be plucked out of the, the, the uh, dumpster pile by a Canadian angel. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what was the what was that show in the in the 90s with the angel was it touched by an angel wasn't wasn't the actress canadian that was in that show i thought you were gonna say do south with paul gross who played the mountie but i guess not no i'm sorry (laughs) i don't go that deep my canadian references uh they're mostly they're mostly hockey related anyways when i when i do go uh deep in my my references um i want to remind people also digmeoutpodcast.com is where you can go to center for the box newsletter delivered weekly lots of records are being announced now that everybody's coming out of the covid haze there's like five albums a day that are being announced for the fall releases so uh stay up to date by signing up for the box newsletter and you get two reviews each week of new releases that have come out uh either that week or in the past couple weeks and um also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us some positive feedback over at Apple Podcasts. Hopefully this will kick us up in our Canadian rankings uh, so we can we can uh, knock off the Hockey Night in Canada uh, podcast and uh, take over, dominate the podcast airwaves in, uh, in the Great White North. So uh, for Jay, I'm Tim. We're out and we'll be back next week with another episode Dig Me Out. What's going on there, Jay? You getting some you getting off camera uh, advice on your performance? <laughs> Yeah, Zora's been listening to this whole episode. She's giving me critique. <laughs> she tell you like to project more or uh, yeah, yeah. Stop saying um. Yeah, you do say um a lot. I have to cut it out. Mm. Right. Um, why would I stop? <laughs> I'm enabling you. <laughs> <laughs>